You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hello, everybody. It's a we are, yes, indeed, we are live, Boss Rutten and Butterbean. And uh, we're here, Rick Bassman here on Maui, back to join you fellows uh, this week. I'm sorry I missed you last week, but um, I listened to the show. You guys, uh, you guys had a good time there, and you're highly entertaining. Um, anyway, it's good to, it's good to see you guys, and uh, glad we're, we're back this week. Uh, as you know, we have a special guest joining us. There's so much we can talk about, but let's just do this, man. Boss is in Arizona tonight where he was guesting on a podcast, and the gentleman that interviewed him, gentleman, I don't know, is that the right word for this guy, boss? Gentleman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what the gentleman's are? Do I have boxing? Well, so Boss is sitting there with one of my favorite people on this planet, and, uh, you know, the final Pride show, I always talk about how Butterbean, being a gaijing, a non-Japanese, had one of the two craziest reactions and biggest fan support of that night. The other was a gentleman that's with Boss right now. Can we say hello to none other than uh, the Predator, Don Fry? The Predator. How you doing, everybody? Uh, he is. <laughs> there he is. Good to, good to see you, Don. Um, I, I always thought Butterbean and Don Fry, I don't want to say it would have been a great fight. It would have been. I always thought Butterbean and Don Fry would have been like the most entertain, entertaining tag team in the history of the planet. I don't know why I thought that, but I always did. Yeah. Bean, could you see it? But it would, not a lot of speed, but it would have been a lot of, a lot a lot of, of violence. Finishes, yeah. A lot of violence. A lot of power. It would have been fun. No doubt about that. Don, how are you doing, man? What's going on with you? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Just goofing off with the boss here. We, we Talked just... him into coming over and, and tell some lies. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's um what's what's what was the most fun lie you guys told today on your show? Yeah, I, I can't know. remember them so many. We we did a we did a yeah, I lied a lot. This time I just lied a lot. I was talking about uh, of course the auto trainer. I was doing that, and uh, but we went into everything. We went into Japan. We went, you know, fighting and training tips and what we did, you know, and how to stay injury free. I mean, I think we covered a lot. We'll have to uh, we'll have to listen to that. And I know we were talking about doing. What mean? Go on, Go on trainer helps you coke the cigar even deeper. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does. It helps you get a better taste out of it. That's what I was thinking. Don, that's that's awesome. And uh, what what are you drinking there, Don? Oh, uh, iced tea. Iced tea. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Iced tea. Iced tea. Yeah, yeah. Are we lying today? In a giant, in a giant <laughs> Whiskey. That's all right, Don. That's okay. Toxic masculinity whiskey. That's the name of his podcast, Toxic Masculinity. Yeah, Him and Dan Seven. We're some toxic masculinity whiskey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that your brand? 
owned? No, it just happens that um, somebody here in Tucson makes it, makes it, and they have the same name as our podcast. So we're, we're looking at uh, doing some kind of uh, cross advertising. Well, hell yeah, of course you should. And what what do you and uh, do you and do you and uh, Dan Severn have a um, like a theme for your podcast? Or you just kind of get on and uh, and shoot the bull. A theme? What are we? A couple of girls? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not fun, baby. Like, what's the uh, what, what's the gimmick? And how do you get a how do you get a word in edgewise with Dan Severin? That's what I want to no, know. I don't. I don't. I, don't. I, I, I get uh, talked about five percent of the time. Dan handles the rest of it. <laughs> so, so you're uh, it's like it's like Butterbean, man. Boss and I never can say anything because Bean just dominates every single show, as you can tell. <laughs> I've noticed that in the last, last three seconds. <laughs> what? Sorry, I said Rick's internet always fades out, so that's when I have to jump in and take over. Exactly, yeah, because he's slacking, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm happy for you to take over. I'm happy for you to take over right now. What I want to I want to hear Butterbean interview Don Fry, man. Let's see what's going on here. Well, Don, you know, out of all the fights, it always happens. You you're standing there, somebody in front of you, and they're punching you, and you're punching them, and it just keeps going like that, back and forth. How do how do you make that? I can never get somebody to do that. How do you end up ever doing that? It's like you're standing there holding each other's head, just punching each other for like five minutes. It seems like nobody's got the power you got, Bean. Nobody. Fuck, you put the boots to them. I tell you what, you got some awesome fights in Japan. I love watching you fight. Thanks. I enjoy watching your fights too, partner. Always. Thank you. Hey, we got to. I got to say something because. We were uh, one time Don and I did a pro wrestling match. Where was it? Hinoki's gym, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but he was late, and then uh, he came in and he says, "Okay, we couldn't rehearse anything. What are we gonna do?" I say, "What if we just beat the crap out of each other for like the first three minutes?" He goes, "Okay, let's do that." <laughs> <laughs> he just started doing that. It was hilarious. <laughs> what a game plan! Easiest right? thing in the world. <laughs> That's that's great. You know, Bean, we we um we arguably have the two most entertaining guys in MMA history that we're looking at right here on the uh on the same two shot. This is uh this is pretty damn cool. And then and then there's Butterbean who came in. It's true, isn't it? But it's it's, it's true, man. Um, I mean, how how could you be a fan of mixed martial arts in the in in its heyday and not love Boss Rutten and Don Fry, man? Two of uh. Two of the best and the most entertaining, no doubt about it. You, you can't. Legend forever, for sure. You know what the thing was? What I uh, what I will always love with Don, and that's how you can see how big it's because, like you said already, Rick, there's not a lot of people who have that star power in Japan. And when he would come up, I always remember he would stand still, and then he would raise his right hand, and then the whole side of that audience would freaking go crazy. And then while he lifted his other hand, that side, the other side would stop and that side. And then he started doing back and forth and back. And then the freaking 48,000 people. <laughs> Dude, it was insanity. It was always the coolest thing. I asked great cheerleader. 
That's for sure. Yeah, bo- boss, I, I never had like I was never lucky enough to see you fight in Japan. I know obviously that you're you're a monster legend there. I've hung out with you in Japan. I see the way people react to you. So so you know what a you know what a huge star you are there. But Don and Butterbean, man, you you probably called some of Butterbean's fights, I would guess. And I'm telling you, and it's not just because these two guys are on here right now. These were the two biggest fan favorites in Japanese fighting right here. Keep in mind that I did not get to see you, boss. Yeah, too bad, too bad. But you know what? I and, and too bad because I just left uh, the prize fighting championship when uh, Bean came over. I wish that I was still there for us uh, commentating. That would have been freaking awesome. I just sent you a picture. I just sent Eric a picture from the first time we met all the way back in Prince George in Canada. I was on my computer going through some stuff, and I go like, no way. I just saw that picture, you know, long time ago. I mean, it was 50 I've years. I've walked a lot of weight since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good time. That was a good so, time. So, Don, um, <laughs> So we, we kind of like do have a theme on the show. So I guess I guess we're a bunch of girls. I don't know. But, man, we talk about like, you know, we, we talk about deep, tough stuff, man. And I know, you know, I know your history. I've had the good fortune of getting to hang out with you a bit. I know you, you never hesitate talking about the stuff that you've been through. And then if you, if you don't mind hanging with us for a little bit, that, that would be really cool. I, I want to bring our guest on tonight. If that's all right. And Don, please hang with us. I would love to see you in this mix tonight. It'd be really cool. Um, so Butterbean and Boss Rutten and myself have talked about the the ups and the downs of life and some of the you know horrific uh, stuff that we've had to deal with, just like everybody out there has to. And the goal is let's get it all out there and let people know that it's a human condition, man. And, you know, Don Fry has gotten through some serious, serious shit with an amazing sense of humor, always. I mean, he keeps it together. Our, our guest tonight, and I, I wrote this in a private text thread we had going the other day and also on the post I put together. We've been through it, all of us right here, individually, collectively. This next guy, not that we're measuring or comparing, but this next guy might take the cake. He's an absolute legend from the world of bodybuilding, and that's great. But what, what's most impressive about me to him is the storms this guy has weathered and how he continues to fight back and fight back. And this is somebody I've wanted to have on Talking Tough from day one. Uh, Boss and Bean, I've seen some of the texts that you've um, been exchanging with this gentleman over the past few days. Seems like you're pretty jacked up for it. So, you know, without uh, without further delay, and again, I'm so thrilled Don Fry is with us tonight. Hopefully he'll, we're putting the pressure on you now, man, to hang with us. And let me introduce our audience. And, and Don, if you don't know him already, joining us now is the legendary Flex Wheeler. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey. Hey, listen, I, I, Rick, thank you so much for an introduction. Um, Don Fry, um, I have only watched you fight. Um, and like Butter said, uh, being said over there, it's just great to watching somebody back in that era just grab somebody in the back of the neck and just just <laughs> around. it's not like this um i don't want to be disrespectful to the martial arts friday now but it's just different uh let's just say it's different <laughs> um boss rootin as you said in one of our texts yeah we met a long time ago back in hawaii days and probably the best thing in the world that we didn't talk and hang out too long because you probably would have ruined me uh back then because i would have probably done and hung out whatever you said 
uh, you know, and, and then also in that text, uh, Butterbean, I mean, you, you really changed the face of mixed martial arts and toughness. Um, when you look at somebody like uh, Boss or, or uh, Mr. Fry over there, you can tell that they're tough. You can tell that they can get down. But unfortunately, right, the cliche, when you look at a man or a boy, when you see someone overweight, you think they're a punk and they're weak. And man, uh, just watching you come out in the ring and I'm like, okay, you know, and then your history of what you've done. Um, I can't imagine um, how many uh, overweight little boys and girls and men that you uh, gave some type of, uh, you know, feeling of, of just being a man and, and it's okay. So Jesus Christ, it, it's such an honor to be on all you guys. And then, I mean, <clears throat> nobody carries a cake like Rick. I mean, first and foremost, with a voice like that, you know, you're born to do this type of thing and uh, your whole career and, and martial arts and wrestling and everything. I just, you know, no ass kissing. Um, I'm not that type of guy uh, whatsoever, but respect needs to be given to uh, respect is due. And I think uh, a lot of us who are legends in our own right, the youngsters don't know where they came from. They don't know that we built this sport. You know, we carried the sport on our back. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, because of, um, you know, uh, the Internet and, and YouTube and all that, a lot of that is lost. Um, so me, myself, um, my first love is martial arts. I love martial arts more than anything. Um, you know, I would have stayed in martial arts, but I came from an era where you didn't make any money. It was embarrassing. Um, I was a high, high level kicker. Um, I love kicking. I love taking people's heads off. Um, I love just rock and rolling. If somebody gave me a bloody nose, man, I'd give them damn near a hug and like, man, let's get it on. You know, it's just nothing better. I, I never been into drugs or anything like that, but I can't imagine there's anything higher than a feeling of moving around with another person. Um, <clears throat> but I came from an era where it was embarrassing. You know, if you're a martial arts and you went into a movie, you did a couple of flamboyant kicks and a star of the show just knocked you out with one punch. It was very uh, uh, disrespectful to us two martial artists back then. So, you know, I got into bodybuilding and, you know, I did okay. But again, you know, uh, thank you so much for the induction. And it's just a pleasure to be on uh, the floor with, uh, with three legends here. Man, Watch, I don't know if, um, oh, sorry, boss. No, no, I'm going to say, Listen, all the way back, you know, when, when I did bodybuilding, I was like 20 years old with also that was Lainey Tops. I don't know if you know, she was a female bodybuilder from Holland. She was the Dutch champion. And uh, and it was always, I mean, the, the magazines, it was you, dude, you freaking yeah. giant. And then I saw the videos that you sent me, you know, of him, you should see his kicks. I mean, you're super fast for your weight, for your for your posture. I mean, the last guy you said it was point karate or point karate. Dude, you nailed that guy. I mean, the sidekick he was flying backwards. I mean, you were going to town on him. Was there something personally with him? No, no, no. I love rocking and rolling. Um, you know, back then, my nickname was Bedrock. You know, people made fun of it. But I just love the Flintstones. You look at Fred Flintstone's feet. He's like hardcore, right? He's unbreakable. <laughs> Those guys, you know, they're unbendable back then, that cartoon. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, Ed Parker was still alive. And, you know, there was the internationals. And, you know, we just fought with gloves. You know, we didn't even fight with any feet. You know, and there was no carpet on the floor, you know, uh, or no mats or anything like that. We just fought on the concrete. Hardly anybody ever got hurt. And, you know, it was no it was no disrespect in breaking someone's ribs with a kick. You know, it was it was it was very, very uh, uh, natural to get knocked out by a spinning kick to the head. It, it wasn't like the person got up and wanted to fight. It was beautiful. It was it was the art in its purest form. So. 
I just I, I only know one speed and that's just full speed. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was a terrified fighter. Um, I fought with and, and I watched some of the greatest fighters in the world. I watched Billy Blanks fight. I, I watched, uh, you know, Benny DeJet fight. And I wasn't on these gentlemen's level at all. So I knew there were people out there of that caliber. And I was terrified that I would run into one of them. So for me personally, I never wanted to hang around and see what another man had to offer. Um, I always wanted to be first and I always wanted to be last. And I always wanted to try to break my opponent's uh, will. If I could break his will in the first couple of, you know, 30 seconds, then I can start doing the highlight stuff, you know, the aerial kicks and everything, because they're going to just stand there and wait for it to happen. You know, yeah. so um, and, 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 you know, being a true fighter, um, I understood the skinniest punk in the world can knock you out. You know, if they touch your button, they touch you here, they touch you here, they touch you in a solar plex, it's a wrap. You're not going down. I mean, maybe not Mr. Fry, you know what I'm saying? Because he got touched there all day long, you know, but that's hereditary, right? The ability not to get knocked out is hereditary. But if you get touched on that light switch, you're going to sleep or you're not going to be able to perform. So I was just a terrified fighter. And uh, I just believe in throwing as hard as I can. And, uh, and as fast as I can and as much as I can, because, again, I just didn't want to know what my opponent had to offer. You know, Flex, I, I don't know if um, the bodybuilding, not the, sorry, if the pro wrestling and mixed martial arts and boxing fans out there probably don't know the following. If, if you ask people in bodybuilding, so who is the toughest bodybuilder ever? Like behind the scenes, real deal kind of stuff. You, you hear the same two things almost every single time. You always hear, well, the second toughest guy the realest guy was chris cormier and then you always hear number one no no close second flex wheeler so that's wow um, i didn't know that, that. 30 years <laughs> 30 years i've heard that man and i didn't know Don, that, you know um, who's your dog let's see the let's meet the dog man that's the love of my life quinn quinn that's good yeah. got an english bulldog yeah Oh, he's beautiful. I um, I'm not home right now, but I my, I have my my uh, my dog. He's my um, my service dog. Um, he's trained and everything, but his name is Achilles. So I have a red nosed pet bull. So I, I love dogs. They're amazing. It's fun. It's funny when women get upset with us. Uh, they call us dogs. Yeah, <laughs> dog yeah. is the most faithful. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's a compliment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? We call him a female bitch if we're upset. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing. You see, now I realize just because of what you said. By the way, Flex, I want to go back to this. This the 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 martial arts really helped you with your bodybuilding, with your posing, right? I mean, you're one hundred percent. 100%. It helped me in all aspects. Um, you know, it's similar. You have a team who helps get you ready. You know, in bodybuilding, I have my training partners, who was Chris Cremier and Enrico McClinton, um, you know, and, and martial arts. You know, I have my my instructor, Ty McGuire, and everybody that I fought against. But once I get out in that ring, once I get out on stage, it's just you and you alone. And they, yeah. can't, run, they can't run in to help you. Um, so it taught me that discipline. It taught me that discipline of when no one's looking that I need to be the hardest working man in the room, like The Rock said. And Rock, I argue with you, son. The only reason you're the hardest working man in the room is because I'm not in the room with you. Okay? Let's get that straight. Uh, other than, But The Rock actually trained at Goes Gym back when I was banging. But, um, but also um, posing. Of course it did. Of course it did. Just the pure discipline um, that, that, you know, to be, you know, uh, uh, very serious about your craft. And that if you're not serious, other people who are artists in their craft will be able to see that and poke holes in you. Back then, we 
we pull your skirt up real quick and see what you are packing underneath there and then call you out on it. You know, again, uh, when Bean was fighting, when you were fighting, when Mr. Fry was fighting, it was a very, very different game. We all knew that there was no shit talking because the guy would be like, hey, turn the TV off, turn the lights off. Hey, listen, me and you can go down the street and we can make it happen. So there was a mutual respect about us back then. Did it not make you too stiff fighting and bodybuilding at the same time? You know, because I came from a fight background, I started fighting and I started martial arts when I was nine years old. Um, so then <clears throat> you're flexible at nine, right? You can do anything. You can bend your leg behind your 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 head and everything. So well, I never said. I mean, I've been a big, I've been chubby all my life. But I never, never, that never happened for me. Right. Never, never was either, man. <laughs> well, you know, Don, you don't have to when you got cement in your hands. You know what I mean? Uh, all you do is just, you know, I mean, you, you really don't have to. Uh, and with, with a man stash like that, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, men are going to run away just from that mustache you got there. I mean, you know, but um. No, so I started so young, I kept my flexibility because I, I dabbled in bodybuilding and martial arts at the same time. I would I would go in a gym and um, I would train martial arts for hours, you know, four or five hours. And our, our martial arts studio was inside a gym at the time. And then me and my, my martial artist instructor, we would then go over and train weight. So I was able to keep my flexibility. So that's such an old cliche. And you know, when we're young, you know, being really uh, muscular takes away your flexibility because, no, I mean, um, you know, even when I was 298 pounds fully into bodybuilding as a pro, I could take my leg and throw it straight up in the air and, and pump it in the air. And that just came from just consistently practicing. Listen, if you train martial arts and then you go and you stretch it immediately afterward and you practice your craft, you won't be heavy. You won't be slow. That's that's so old. I think um, Lee Haney proved that back in the days when he started training Holyfield. Right. Holyfield came out. He was more muscular, just as fast. It's not faster. Um, shoot. We got you. We got you. We lost some sound and he's back. You all right? You all settled? <laughs> Flex, you with us? Flex, yes. Let me flex a little bit. Some, something happened there. He'll, he'll, he'll be back. I'm pretty um, sure he'll be back. Yeah, I want to. I want to ask Don. Don, if, if if you don't mind, could you um could you like bring our listeners and viewers up to like what your recent recent history has been like with your um with the surgeries and the back challenges and all that fun stuff? Oh fudge. And a bunch of them. <laughs> well, he just told me the story about a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do they have much, have much time? I yeah, mean, it's, a, it's a serious list of shit. Um, like, how, how many back surgeries have you had now? And neck, uh, back and neck. Back and neck? I've only had one neck surgery. <laughs> the back oh, surgery, back surgery is somewhere... Uh, between 15 and 20, you know, wow. related, related because I had a bunch of um, uh, infections, so yep. they've, they've cut on me a lot of times to get the infection out. And the yep. last, last few years, um, I had some real good infections, um, to where they were inside the spinal cord, you know, and uh. 
and the doctors doctors told me that they almost vomited. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and when they cut it open and, and they saw all the all the stuff ooze out, you know. Yeah. I went so, to wait, wait. I went to visit him in um, in the L.A. when you were in the hospital. Yeah. And you were, I mean, you were what, 180 pounds or something. Yeah. I mean, he was completely. He had a big beard, and then he showed me. I said, "Show me the scar." Now I have a scar like this in my neck, and it's a big. It's, I thought it was a big scar. His scar is from his butt cheek all the way up to above his shoulder blades. And I think he had a 12-disc fusion or, a, like, something crazy. No, only 10. That, only 10. <laughs> only 10, <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. rots in his back. And then he had an accident, a car accident, like, not so long ago. Yeah. And he broke the freaking rod, so they had to go in and do the whole thing again. I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. I broke him. I broke him in a car wreck, and I didn't know. I didn't know I broke him. So I walked around on it for a year and a half, two years, with broken rods. And... Um, I didn't recognize, I didn't realize until um, they did the surgery. It was a 10-hour surgery to pull out the old ones and put in the new ones. And then three hours to clean up the scar tissue from the, the rod scraping the inside of my back, you know. And um, and I caught, lost my quad on my right leg, you know, because uh, the, the nerve. There he is. There he is. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's nuts, boss. It's like, like I was saying earlier, you and I and Bean, we've talked about it on the show, like the, the shit that we've been through. Right. And I was saying, oh, then you, then you talk to Don Fry and Flex Wheeler, and you're like, holy shit. Like, Don, I, I know we talked about it a little bit. I, I had, I've had a mere four back surgeries and the, you know, the septic infection and, and uh, MRSA and all that. And uh, the drugs they gave me killed both my kidneys. I was on dialysis. Then the two strokes. And I tell that like it sounds like a lot. And then you talk to Don Fry and Flex Wheeler, and it's like we feel like he got scratched. It's pretty. It's pretty, 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 pretty. Hey, wait, wait, Flex. Hold on, one second. But who um, put their penis in half? All right, Don. I was hearing the last end of your story. Good God, Jesus Christ, man. What do, what do we got there, boss? You got to maybe pull it backwards a little bit. That's it's fuzzy. Star. Oh, shit. Yep. Jeez. Don, do you have any neuropathy or anything? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. How about you, partner? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I stay at pretty much a level 9 to 10. It's been like that for the last three hours, three years, man. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to people nerve pain. And it's hard to explain people uh, what it's like to be in consistent pain. I'm not talking for a few hours or a few days, even a few weeks. I'm talking years. You know, I, I think they depict it in these war movies when they take a prisoner of war and they torture him all day long. You know, even the strongest, you know, person after a few months or even more so a few years, they're broke. Their mind is just bent. And um, I, I just I can't imagine. But, you know, it's almost... You know, especially somebody as tough as you and I grew up watching you and just just I mean, it's it said a million times over each generation. No, no disrespect to other men. This is a fact. Each generation, their testosterone, they're they're lesser. The men who were, you know, uh, you know, two or three generations before us, the testosterone was higher. There were more men than we are. So to yeah. hear someone like you uh, go through that, it makes me feel so much not like a punk, because a lot of times when you 
when you go through that type of pain, you challenge yourself. Am I, am I a PUSS? You know, is this just happening? Am I the only one? And that's where the dark thoughts come in and start, you know, for me, whooping my own ass. So. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you question your manhood. <laughs> Flex, can I ask you a question? Because you hear this a lot, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go straight into it because I don't know anyway how to pronounce uh, how to. You don't think about your punches, do you? You just punch and kick. So why be different here? No, but what I'm saying is this: you lost your leg, right? Yes, we're probably going to go into that. Why? But yeah, is there is it, is it true that you wake up at, or at times that you really believe it's still there? Because oh, yeah, you hear yeah, yeah. No, first and foremost, gentlemen, you can ask me anything. I'm I'm very very rare like that. There's there's no question, and I mean, there's no question that you can ask me. Um, some some of you gentlemen traveled around the world. I mean, I've, I've done seminars in bars in Germany, uh, you know, so, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. So I, I, it's very raw and it's very real. I mean, you know, do you like so-and-so? Do you like this? You know, so I'm open. I'm very, very open. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> I, I lost my leg about uh, two years ago, and we'll get into that whenever you gentlemen are ready. But, yeah, it's called phantom pain. So like right now I have phantom pain and this right now is at a 10. I, I left my narco in a car, my narcotics that I have to take and also my rub that I use. Um, but right now it's like, uh, it's like my toes are on fire and it's like electrical storm going down there. Sometimes it feels like, like my pinky toes literally being bent backwards or my big toe is being bent backwards. Yeah. From the leg that's not there anymore. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because yeah. the nerves are still there. So it's really, it's really a true mind F not to have it anymore, but I go through more pain than I ever can imagine. You know, I mean, sometimes it's like, literally, I'm not joking and, and you know, we're laughing and I'm big smiles and everything cause I'm on camera. But you know, when I'm in a fetal position, you know, sobbing is not funny anymore, but sometimes it literally is like someone has a hot poker and they're just scraping the inside of my flesh uh, of my foot. Um, like I said, it feels like my toes are being literally like bent and broken backwards, or it's just like as if you, I guess the, the only way to really explain it is to, to everybody, everybody's had a cavity or their teeth worked on, right? And everybody's had the dentist accidentally hit one of those nerves. And it's like, mm, well, have that for like nonstop for years. That's, that's what it feels like. I call it a lightning storm because if you look at pure lightning, it goes across the sky and then it just breaks up in all these branches. So it's like a lightning storm consistently in my, my leg and my, uh, my, my residual limb. So how, how are you finding flex, like the will to, to, to get up and be on camera and smile when, when you deal, deal with that so actively, What's you know, um, you know, I, I had a kidney transplant. Um, I have, I have this rare disease called FSGS where I lost my kidney and it ended my career. And, uh, and bodybuilding and I thought I was going to come back you know and fight as back when K1 first started I was like oh my god these guys are in for murdering right and go back and fight now and uh and then I realized because my kidney is in my my frontal my new kidney is in my frontal left side you know um a good friend of mine you know we were training he's like flex what happens if you catch a roundhouse or a straight side kick and I'm like well I I fight right leg forward anyway so it's not going to happen he goes well you're more susceptible to a roundhouse or just a, like a hook. And I'm like, God dang, it would kill me. Literally, I would die right there in the ring uh, from that. Um, so, you know, that ended that. But I, I've been through a lot, you know, nine surgeries in 11 weeks uh, for my kidney transplant that I literally almost died. I, I went in a 
the hospital when I had my kidney transplant and um, I was 268 pounds and I can show you the pictures. And, you know, when I came out of the hospital, I was literally barely 190 pounds. I had to learn how to walk again. I was just atrophied everywhere. But my, my point is, is um, honestly, I don't know other than a man upstairs, you know, you know, boss, how did you learn to hit? Where did that drive come from to hit and fight so hard? You know, uh, Mr. Fry, where did your mental toughness come from? Butterbean, where in the hell did you ever think you could fight at? You know, Rick, where did you ever come up with you can do what you did? I think it's truly our gift. You know, we're all given these amazing gifts. And uh, as far as losing my leg, you know, it was it was, it was was a two-year fight in a battle of trying to keep my leg. And it was a lot of surgeries and everything I've been through. So when I made the decision to go ahead and take my leg, um, yeah, I, I also made a decision. It's, it's no way in hell that, you know, I just have faith. Um, I believe in a man upstairs and he leads me. Um, and I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, it's it's no way in hell that God allowed this little black kid from the ghetto who was homeless, who was beaten, who was raped, um, who was molested, you know, uh, who was hungry. There's no way that he allowed this little kid to become this this global athlete and build his global name to then run and be a punk when something horrible happened. You know, um, and, and before they even took my leg, I just made a decision. I was like, you know, I'm. I'm going to find out how I can be a spokesperson for amputees because to date, I don't think there's no one, uh, and it's not a title that I want, you know, but I don't think there's anyone who made such greatness in sports and then lost their leg in multiple different sports. So, um, man, I, I just get a lot of messages. I got millions of messages because it went global from other amputees, amputees from uh, our, our boys and girls in, 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 uh, in the military. I got messages from from people who didn't have any legs whatsoever. You know, I got messages from people who lost an arm and so many stories. I knew that I wasn't alone. I was like, you know, honestly, I would. We're wired like that, right? We beat our own ass a lot and we're our worst enemy. And I'm the worst person to get in the ring with is myself. And I'm sure you gentlemen are the same way. You know, um, I just said, how can I sit here and be a punk? There's other people out there who don't have no legs. At least I got I, I got one. You know, um, I, I got both my arms, you know, so how, how can I sit here and be a punk when I see these other people? There's this one kid that I follow. Um, he's a double amputee and he's only seven. And I'm like, you know, you know, this kid, I never be able to do the things I did right? or have the opportunity of doing the things that you did on that level. I mean, obviously, you know, he, he can do great things. And that's his slogan. His mother always makes him say, what, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to do great things. So sure, but he's never going to be able to do it on our level. You know what I mean? I'm like, how can I sit up here and F and cry about it? You know, look what I got to do. You know, look where I came from, you know, from, you know, a person who couldn't even feed himself to now being able to feed himself, you know, from his sport. And uh, there's this other uh, young man. He's a he's a man, but he, uh, you know, from the torso down, uh, there's nothing there. He's a uh, uh, this black kid, and uh, he does all these sports. He's trying to get into MMA now. You know, he he's a world class wrestler. Maybe you guys uh, have seen him or followed him on Instagram, but he is a world class wrestler in college. Got a college scholarship to wrestle, and uh, you know. So I'm like, how can I sit here and be a punk about it? Now, does that make it any easier? No, man. I mean, you know, there's still times where I look down and it it, it shocks me. It's like, wait, you know damn, it is true, I lost my leg, you know, or so, so times I'm going to get out of bed. What happened? Why, why did you lose your leg? I don't know. 
Right. So we're, we're still actually, that's the reason why I'm down here in California right now. I drove down to Stanford and I was meeting with surgeons and stuff like that because we're still trying to find out. So finally, uh, the verdict is up. And, you know, um, when I when I lost my leg, um, I mean, when I had my kidney transplant, a girl from my church uh, ended up being my donor and she was very small and very petite. And when we're on the, the, the uh, table for the surgery, they discovered that her main artery to her kidney was too short because I was a lot taller and a lot muscular. Like uh, when I went into my surgery, like I said, I was 260 something pounds uh, at about 4%. So what they decided to do is, is to take the main artery out of my left leg and stretch it and make it into an artery that's long enough for the kidney. So they then had to put a graft from my right leg to my left leg to feed it blood supply. Um, Ironically, two days later, I actually end up getting a blood clot in my my right leg that I end up losing later on. So um, the verdict is that graft that they put in my groin area um, to supply blood was never meant to last 19 years. It wasn't built for it. Uh, I'm a 19 year old uh, kidney survivor now. So it was never meant to last that long. So it sucks that they'll call you and tell you that your airbag doesn't work anymore in your car. But they won't call you and tell you that what they put in you, you know, is, is not functional anymore. So I guess over time it started spitting out blood clots, hence the blood clot that cost me to, to lose my, my right leg. So, wow. yeah. But you know what, what I, what I really love is what you said, you know, he said, I became this person from the ghetto. I went to become this big person. And then this bad thing happens. And you know, because you believe in the Lord, you said, he he doesn't want me to sit down right now. He no. he wants to deal with it and, and to be and, and, and that's you know Nick Vucic, I believe is his name, is one of these guys who was born with no legs and no arms. And I saw an, 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 uh, he was at the school of my uh, daughter speaking. He's a, a speaker, motivational speaker. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, Nick Vucic, boss. Love that guy. Yeah. Yes. That's un, it's unbelievable, you know. And when you look at it, so you always find a way, but he was born like that. You've been at the top of the freaking pyramid with whatever you, with, with bodybuilding, with the sport that you did and love to do and the fighting and the, the martial arts. And then to take, get it taken away, that's a hard one because we all as fighters, I know 100% that you and you two being, think about this. What if we would like lose a leg or, or get paralyzed? What do you do? I think for me, normally I would have said, I'm going to kill myself. You know, there's no way I can do it. You know, yeah. because that going from this to this, when I lost my, my, uh, my I uh, had a neck surgery and I lost suddenly I lost a part of my arm. And I always tell people, look at this arm, right? She's on this, it's completely gone, right? It's, it's, hey, I'm your twin. Same thing in my surgery. Uh, uh, this is my biggest arm in the world. This was my big, massive arm. And, you, and the nerves are just gone. I can dig right in there. It's nothing there. So I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I try I, to hide it all the time. Yeah, yeah, me too. I get long sleeves, and then because people always go, "What is that?" And you explain nerves, and people don't understand what nerves are. They think it's scott yeah. or something. I used to do nine one-arm pull-ups, right? And so suddenly, from that, I go to not be able to pull a trigger from a gun, not to be able to grab a glass. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't snap my fingers anymore. Now, still have to focus yeah. in order to do it. But at least I got my hand back. Yeah. And for me, that was a big thing. You lost the complete leg. You see, that's way more than what I had. And this it sounds only- worse when you say it. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and rethink this. <laughs> but you no, see you're, how you're small right. you are. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I truly don't know because, you know, I, 
I, I get, you know, men like you saying how strong you are and I get all these messages and I, you know, I almost don't want to hear it because I'm like, you're not with me when I'm sobbing, you know, yep. you're not, you know, you're not with me when, when I can't get out of bed, you know, because I'm so broken, you know, you're not with me when I'm, I'm cussing, like, why did this happen to me? Or I hate being a cripple or, you know, I hate being, you know, an amputee. And in and, and those times I'm not strong, but you know, what my, my close brothers and sisters, you know, tell me is, you know, that is strength because you go through it. And um, I remember um, the first time I came back home after losing my leg and um, I live in a two-story house and I I came in and it was the first time I slept, you know, because I didn't sleep the whole four months. I was in a hospital. You got, they're coming in and they're taking blood from me like six times a day at all these crazy hours, you know. Um, all of you guys know who's been in the hospital. You can't freaking sleep. You know, they're in and out. The light is shining in your room. They're coming in and checking on you and all this crap. And I just passed out and I woke up and um, I just broke down because I, I like, wow, you know, last time I laid in his bed, I had two legs, oh, you know, shit. and the devil and, and, you know, just really came out and just beat my ASS. You know, I, I got my crutches and I walked to the stairs. And when you walk downstairs, you only look at the next step. Or sometimes you don't even look, right? Because you understand that cadence. I just looked over the rail. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a long fall. That's a long fall. You know, and if I fall with my crutches, I'm I'm breaking everything. I'm an old ass now. I'm, I'm brittle, you know, and it terrified me. And I sat there and I sobbed on my steps. And I was like, Jesus, you know, and uh, I went down my steps and I got in my wheelchair and I just, I just looked around at all my pictures. You know, I'm like, wow. You know, how, how beautiful is two legs? Oh, man. We don't think about that. How beautiful. I'm looking at all these pictures and, you know, my right leg was my dominant leg in fighting, you know. Um, losing my right arm was my dominant arm in fighting. I fought right leg forward. You know, I'm, 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 I'm reversed. Like when I shoot, I'm, I'm strong. I dominant on my left. So I shoot cross on my left. You know, because I, I my right leg and my right arm was for, uh, was uh, more powerful, I fought off that. So it was my lead. And when I wanted to set up for a knockout, I would change and then come with my right. So they didn't know it. They couldn't figure it out, right? But um, but I looked at all these pictures and my, my dominant leg that I smashed down on and I showed mostly was my right leg. It was 32 inches, 32 and a half inches. And, you know, and I'm just looking around at everything. I'm like, wow, when I bought my house, I had two legs. You know, when I bought my car, I'm looking in the garage, I had, you know, all of this, I had two legs. Wow. How beautiful is two legs? And I just, I just went outside my front yard in my wheelchair and I just sobbed. I just sobbed. And I, you know, I just said to myself, I'm like, you know, if, if I really want to help people, if I really want to help people who are like me, who are suicidal, that's one thing I left out. I've been suicidal since the age of, uh, I think I was like 11 or something, the first time I tried to take my life. And the last time, you know, was just, just a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> but um, I, I, so I have that demon to deal with, you know, and that's something else we can talk about another time because people think that, you know, suicide is so easy to walk away from. Like, oh, look at everything you have. It's like, yeah. yeah. You know, when you're in that heat, you don't think about that. You just think about hurry up and pull that trigger and you don't feel it no more. You know, but um, I told myself, I go, you know, if you really want to help people who are amputees and, you know, people who are, you know, low self-esteem and, and depression and, and suicidal, go, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go in the bowels of all the hurt. I'm going to have to like experience this. I can't cheat it. I can't run away from it. I got to sit there and I got to feel all this hurt. 
So therefore, I know another man or another woman. When I look in their eyes, I know what they're going through. And I can look at them honestly and say, I know what you're going through. But if I cheat any of this and shortchange it, and I sit there in front of someone who's really going through it, I'm going to lose them because they're going to look in my eyes and they're going to know I'm lying. The same as you hear in all like the videos, you know, I mean, the, the, the movies when you're talking to some kid from the ghetto and you're trying to give them, you know, information and, and you say, I know what you're going through. They're going to look at you. Dude, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't, you don't know what it's like on these streets. Don't BS me. Now this kid might try to take your life or he's going to go and take his own life. So I knew I had to go through all the hurt and honestly earn it and win, try to win that battle. And it's an ongoing battle to be able to sit there in front of other people and say, man, I know what you're going through and I'm here. Let's go through it together. And, you know, listen, you make me a promise. You keep fighting. I keep, I keep fighting. Um, but um, it's, it doesn't make it any easier, man. It, it doesn't, you know, like you said, boss, uh, man, I, I just, I list, I, I missed the beauty of just walking. You know, I miss the beauty of just when I want to get up and go to the bathroom, I can just get up and walk and go to the bathroom. You know, um, simple things, you know, as a man, it just really bends you. You know, I would think just as, as an amputee at all. But, you know, like sitting and watching the movies at my house, you know, there's no wait until the last second. Can I, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. No, man. Okay. Can I ask you what, how, how much, where is it? I'm a below below the amputee uh, below the knee. I'm a BK, so it's below okay, my knee. So, so you have a, pro a prosthetic, and yes, sir. you can walk now. Yes, but sir. it never feels like real walking, right? No, 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 no. It's 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 called uh, cadence, and it's called gait. So what I have, what it took the longest is is balance because there's no balance, right? You know, no. we, yeah, we use our feet, our toes as balance, and unfortunately, in a back surgery, as I heard you guys talking about, you know, um, 20 years ago, I had a back surgery that I lost the ability to lose to use my left calf so i can't even balance myself off my left calf and that's how i actually propelled myself and walking for 20 years so now i don't even have that i have to use my glute from my my left leg to propel me uh to walk because my calf can't do it on my left side so you know now in learning shooting i'm having to learn the balance and everything so so this is my beautiful leg i'll share with you guys you know i'm gaudy so i'm about branding so it has my famous picture on it and my my name. So listen, raw boys, if you guys want to join me and we like 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 have a drink and we go and have you guys lose your right leg, man, we can bond. You know, <laughs> everybody's ball headed already. You know, maybe we you know grow a beard like you know the man over there and we'll be in be there. like the trip yeah. that you guys are in. No, <laughs> no, I'll keep my <laughs> I'll sit this one out, but thanks. Man. <laughs> I think uh, that's probably the only time you ever said to a man who's challenged you, "I'll sit this one out, Mister." Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a yakuza guy because I would lose a pinky, <laughs> you know. And that's uh, so. No, no, trust me, man. Yeah, I'm Boston. I know what you're talking about. Um, and one of my surgeries when they put a stent in my chest trying to save my uh, my leg. Um, you know, I end up bleeding out. It burst uh, two days later. And I, I bled out everywhere. And at that time, I learned that, uh, you know, you think blood is everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, actually blood don't get along with your flesh and it don't get along with your veins. And if they touch each other, it ruins everything. So I lost a whole complete right side. I had to learn how to write with my left hand, how to wipe oh, myself, geez. shower with myself, my left hand. 
and I'm barely now getting, you know, uh, you know, sensation back in my, my right side. And, you know, like you said, you know, my, my right side always was a side that always did the, the, the one bicep, it was 21 and a half inches. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's interesting, but you know, we, at the end of the day, we just got to get on, listen, we all know, um, there's, there's, there's two ways of doing anything, you know, there's fight and flight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last time I run from a fight, I was a kid, you know, when I used to get beat up and bullied, I don't, I don't run no more, you know, I don't, I don't run no more. So there's no running from this fight. And, uh, you know, being suicidal is something that I got to learn to master because still at times it takes me into the bowels of hell where, you know, I wonder, you know, how bad is suicide really, you know, but I'm so in love and I'm here in a hotel with my daughter, um, you know, who's the world. She's probably has more pictures of me on Instagram than any of my other kids because she, she was born in that era, but you know, oh. she's 13 years old. And my biggest thing now is that I just, I want to show my kids, you know, what a real fight is and how you handle it and not to run. And uh, regardless in life, what it throws at you in life will throw you some real BS. You just got to fight. So I'm brutally honest. I cry in front of them. I let them know how I feel. You know, my son, uh, Nia and Darius and Kenan, you know, they've been through my kidney transplant. They seen me, you know, um, crying. They seen me dialysizing myself at home. They seen all the surgeries I've been through. And, you know, I, I would talk to them in detail about what I'm going through, what this feel like. If they're sticking a needle in my arm, I would look at them and be like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I just wanted to show, you know, true strength to them. It ain't this bullshit. You know, you know, truly, gentlemen, it ain't how hard you can hit. It ain't knocking a man out. You know, that's easy. It's none of that. It ain't fighting. You know, over time, like Bruce Lee said, you know, I fear the man who, who not practice a thousand kicks. I fear the man who practice one kick. So you can learn that. Anybody can learn that. You know, I love Bill Superfoot Wallace to death, you know, but he had a right leg and a right arm and he mastered it and he worked everyone. So you can learn that even with a handicap. So I'm trying to show them, I'm trying to teach them by doing it, right? By going through it is just, you know, what, what true grit is and that no matter what life throws at you, whether it's a kidney transplant, I had back surgeries and knee surgeries, and now losing my leg that, hey, man, you don't bend over. You don't bend over. And you don't take it from no one. You know, you get up and you fight. And and the times where I can't fight and I'm laying in bed and I'm sobbing, which is mostly around my 13-year-old Pearl, you know, I'm beautifully honest with her. I tell her, I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll be okay. Give me a couple of hours or give me the next day and I'll get up and I'll try to shine on those days. And I, I just want to chase them because... Right now, you know, it's so pathetic that the suicide rate is so great with our kids now. It's just, it's mind bending. And I truly think it's because people, you know, who have achieved something, whether it's money or beauty or whatever, they're worthless. They don't tell the truth about what they've really been through. You know, it's so great and easy to see the glitz and the glory, but damn, you have no idea of the grit and glory that that person had been through. So I love this show because you have some of the toughest men on the planet being brutally honest. And I never knew, I never knew what you've been through boss. You know, I never knew what you've been through, Rick. I never knew that you've been through that, you know, Mr. Fry. And I'm waiting to hear your story, you know, eventually Butterbean, but uh, I never knew that about you gentlemen. All I seen was your greatness, yeah. you know, but I never knew. And, and like I said, <clears throat> you know, um, Mr. Fry to hear you say that, you know, that you've been through and then to, to have that immediate bond that, yeah, I know what nerve pain is. It's like, good God, man, a man like that, been through that. And and for you to say it, yeah, we'll challenge your man. I mean, I don't think there's more of a man 
that I ever seen eyes that fought the way you did. And even that mustache looked like it could whoop most people's ass. You know what I'm saying? You know, but to hear you say that, it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not a punk. I'm normal. Uh, So, you know, this show is is amazing. And and I I love it when I meet people who are brutally honest. You know, Terry Crews is a a good friend of mine. You know, what show haven't you seen him in? Football, every movie, a comedian, a tough guy. But to hear about his story, Good. Well, I'm blessed three times too. So, jeez, I didn't know that know. even. Yeah. Did you ever say that? I mean, something you walk around telling don't get a no, t-shirt. No, but did you ever say that on, <laughs> on camera? I don't think so. I, I never did. I know. I know Kevin Redelman, the, the the great and late, unfortunately, Kevin Redelman. Very, but but I wrote you when you said what happened. You know, and I go like, "There's no way," you know. And I, you, I never expected that. I never knew that. That's so crazy. But you see, that's what that's this is what this podcast is about, and that's what you said, Rick. You know, we come and we show like we yeah, and, and you already touched it as well, uh, Flex. We all these tough guys, but people look on the downside. Like, oh, I'm a tough guy now, but you don't see me crawling up and crying, and you know, and it's all I say, no, but you gather yourself together, you do it, and not for you, you're doing it for people who are in the same situation, and there you can help them, you know, and that's why you're doing it. Yeah, they don't have our they don't have our light. They don't have our they don't have the light. They don't have the media that we have. You know, I lo- I, I love watching Mike Tyson's podcast uh, because he's such a different version of Mike Tyson. And I I watched uh, this interview he had with William Shatner. Right. You know, come on, William Shatner, dude. I mean, he he, he was with everybody. He was even with the green woman. Oh, and, you know, and, and, and Mars, you know, William didn't care. You know, Captain yep. Kurt, he just didn't care. You know. <laughs> Yeah. She can have an interior. He's like, yeah, she's good to go. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, I, I watched Mike talk about, you know, how he cried before fights. Yeah. And I can relate to that because I was so terrified that I knew what a man could do to another man. I'm like, Jesus, is this just my turn? You know, is this, is this my turn to be on someone's highlight reel? But to look at Mike Tyson and have him, you know, hear him say that he cried before each fight. And, 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 and as he walked towards the ring, he just started brainwashing himself. And I, you know, um, I would oh, do the same. God. I'd be so terrified, you know, and he, yeah. like, when he gets to the ring, he felt like a God. I, yeah. I would walk to the ring and I, I would have to brainwash myself, you know, because I'm like, this could be a different version of a person I fought before. They could have got better too. Yeah. And I'm not going to, and so I'd be terrified. What if he got better? So I would literally look at my opponent across the ring and I would just stare at him, not in anger, but I'm like, and I'm brainwashing myself, telling him, you should leave. And if he didn't walk away, obviously, which he wouldn't, I'd be like, so really, you think you think you can beat me? So my, now my tears are anger. Like, really, you standing there like you think you can beat me. All right, so I'm so you can really win here. And that's why you asked why I was so vicious off the lead, because I wanted to own them. Because if I didn't and they threw a technique at me, it's going to get me here no matter how tough I am. Yeah. If they rock me, I'm going to have to deal with that. And I'm going to have to deal with that feeling that they might throw it again. Um, so I brainwashed my, myself the same way. But, you know, and what we're going through in life now, there's no brainwashing, man. Like I said, your worst opponent lives within you. He lives up here. And nine times out of ten, he wins. Um, I, I, and this is just this is just truly a fight in my life that I can't lose. I, just I can't. understand. I saw George St. Pierre for his third fight ever. I saw a fight. I might have told this on the show. And, uh, and it was when Dwayne Ludwig knocked out Jens Pulver and became a champion in Canada. It was this big thing. But anyway, I saw George fight, George and Pierre. And I go like, dude, this guy's really good. Because, and it was just his third fight. So backstage, I'm standing, 
and he's coming by in the in the dressing rooms. And I go, excuse me. I said, what's your name again? He goes, George. I say, George, come over here. And we start talking. I said, you're going to be the next world champion. You know that, right? And he goes, oh, you mean that? I said, no, I know you're going to be. Because, I mean, it's, it's a crazy technique that you have. So, yeah. oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. He says, can I ask you a question? I say, sure. He says, who are you? No. <laughs> how is how I'm afraid before a fight, but you're not afraid. How how can I do that? I go like, are you serious? And he goes, what do you mean? I say, everybody is afraid. Yeah. We're all afraid. Yeah. I said, let the guy. It's just the way you deal with it. Yeah. That's what you want to do. But it's all we have that fear. You yeah. know, we don't want to lose. But once you let this, uh, once you let go, that you fight for the people, oh, and yeah. you just fight for yourself. That for me always took a lot of pressure away. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was an old video. Excuse me for a minute. I gotta see a man about a horse. <laughs> Jeez, too much information. Way yeah. too much. I got a visual now. I need to. Lo- I like to block that out here. Where it had like all the heavyweights when they were, you know, before we lost a lot of them, and Mike Tyson was a month, a month of them, and he sat there and he talked about. He goes, you know, if any man up here lies to you and tell you they weren't scared before a fight he's a damn liar yep. we're all terrified we have such vicious skill sets that it terrifies us to know that that other man has that same skill set and i think it's really true it's how you master it or if you're really that great of a liar to yourself because there are athletes and there are people out there right that lie to themselves so great that they believe it it's the it's a woman who has on an outfit that you like, you shouldn't wear that out there. But in her mind, her perception, she's the best looking woman on the planet, right? And then you yeah, have guys who you, know, who you know that aren't tough guys, but in their mind, they brainwash themselves. So it's perception over our reality. Their perception becomes their reality. What did you say, Bean? I said we've seen her at Walmart. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Walmart has become really famous with that. But, um, but again, right, it's our perception, right? Our perception <laughs> rules over facts because our perception is our facts and our reality in our own world. I mean, here's a real brain twister. I often wonder people who we consider crazy, are they really crazy or are they smarter than us? Or are they on a different level? Because in our perception, our world that we live in, who are we to say that they're crazy? Because in their perception, they think that they're the smartest person in the world. How do we yeah. don't know that? You know, I mean, it really, you know, I really mess with myself sometimes. I, I often, I talk to people, I'm like, do you believe in time travel? Like, no, it's not possible. Like, really? Never met okay, when you travel When you travel to the West Coast, you just traveled in time. <laughs> it's true. It's time travel. Let's go deeper than that. Do you believe that we can travel so fast that we can skip days? Of course. If I travel over to Holland, I just skipped the day. Yep. If I travel back from Holland to the United States, I went back in time, literally. So, yep. Flex, I have a question um, that I want to ask Butterbean. Uh, I, boss, I think you said your your experience before you got to fight was similar to what Flex has described. Be, Bean, where, where was your head in the locker room on the way to the ring? Um, I, I, I cornered for you a lot of fights, and I never once saw you what I would – consider concerned or nervous and certainly yeah. not fearful, but what, I don't know what was going on in your head before you would fight. And I want to ask Don Fry that question too. Me, I, I didn't care. I mean, they whooped my ass, whooped my ass. I knew the check was going to clear. Right. Wow. Wow. I mean, I went out there because I was going to have a good time fighting. 
and I got paid for it. Wow. I mean, here I was the fat kid in school that always got picked on. Now I'm beating people's ass and people's paying to watch me. <laughs> I mean, I had a it was awesome. Bill, yeah. could I ask you a question? Yeah. When, when did you learn that you could fight? When did, you know, like you said, you took it in high or, or you know, primary school, whatever. When was that time that you stood up and you threw a punch and you seen the, the response from that person that you hit? When was that time? When you took out that cheerleader on the sixth grade? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never really fought in school. I mean, I had a couple, you know, scuffles, but it happened in a tough man contest that I was dare to get into. That all Is that right? So you were a grown it. man before you knew you had lightning rods in those mitts of yours? I was an older man. I was 26. Good gosh. I Jeez. lied about how old I was for like five, ten years just so they wouldn't like say, you're too old for that. Are you kidding? When did your confidence build and know that you could actually do this and that it wasn't a fluke? Because, again, you know, sometimes people are just gifted to hit hard. But when did you know that you actually had a skill set in this? Well, you know, when I was young, my big, my older brother used to beat the shit out of me all the time, so I was used to that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when when you hit somebody and knock them out, and and the crowd response that that adrenaline rush is just, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Have yeah. You, have you ever been knocked out? No, no I mean, not in fighting, but outside fighting, never, right? I've been out one time. I I I I, I fought the K one Grand Prix and got my sternum broke. Jeez. And on the airplane, I sneezed and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good. So the sneeze is one and zero. The sneeze is one and zero. I never been knocked out. Also, I fell on my head. I fell from a high thing. I fell. I had new chunks on my head. I broke. A guy broke a Coca Cola bottle on my head. <laughs> a glass one. And I, I never been knocked out. It's Come really on, boss. Look at that cranium you got, man. I think it's titanium. <laughs> look at, look at it. You remember, you remember that you guys. I don't know if you were one of the guys who got free breakfast at the hotel in a, in Honolulu because some dumbass uh, broke something and it's all the water stream. That dumbass was me <laughs> because I broke the toilet when I slipped when I was drunk in my with my head. I break a toilet with my head, guys. Oh my How can you break a toilet with the head? Wow. I made the copies one, and the whole thirty-eight floor started floating with water. So they called in the security comes in, dude. It's the craziest thing ever. Because no mean the worst shit ever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Donna, you're the king of the one-liners, too. I didn't know you can go rounds, but the king of the one-liners, too. Dude, Don, Don Fry is one of the funniest human beings on this planet. Wow. Not, everybody know, not everybody knows that, though. Rick, Don was going to ask you uh, the same question that he has been when you went to, uh, uh, to check out the horse there. Yeah, Don, when, when you would go out to fight, we were, we were talking about like the what's in your head. Is it excitement, fear, another day at the races? I mean, to, like mentally, where were you typically on, on your way to the cage, on your way to the ring? Yeah, we were talking also about Mike Dyson said he was afraid, he was crying. But then you guys give me a second, too, please. So, yo, 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 how was how your experience? I was happy just. Uh, not have to train that day, man. <laughs> 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 That's a lazy man. No, but were you afraid? And was there always a fear? Was there something that you thought, oh, what if this happens? If this happens, right? Now, you see, I, I had the same thing. Like, I would have that, but I had a really good way of talking to myself. I said, what, what is the worst thing that can happen? 
The worst thing that can happen is having an opponent who drops you, who walks away, he says, no, no, take your time, take your time, wake up, and he completely schools you. That's the worst thing. If you get knocked out, well, apparently you're not feeling it. If you get overpowered, well, he was the better guy. If you get me in an arm and a tap, I'm not going to break my arm. So what is really the worst thing that can happen? And once you start thinking about that, you realize the worst thing that can happen is losing because then all the people are going to shit on you. And that's also you're thinking about people. And that's when I found out if you fight for you and you don't give a crap about anybody else, you fight at your best. You don't fight for your family, you put bread on the table. That's all BS. Fight for you. Because if you fight for you, you don't have any stress. And then you will fight at your best. And if you fight at your best, guess what? You're probably going to win. And then your family is going to be taken care of because you got more money. You see what I mean? So at, at the moment of I fought, I was always thinking, what can happen? Wow. What, can, what is the worst thing that can happen? And it was never a big thing. So yeah. that got me through. Because I would be nervous, but then I would talk. And I would always if I would be nervous, I think, boss, think about this. When the bell goes, bing, everything will be gone. And we all have this, right? The fire, bing, then you're in that zone. And that's, and I always focus on that. If I will be nervous, I go like, you know, when the bell goes, it's going to be okay. And it always helped me. It always worked. Rick, back in your days, wrestling wasn't uh, the big show uh, that it is now. And, um, I um, I grew up, my grandmother was a massive fan. My grandmother raised me. She was born in 1909, so she's seen everything that life had to offer. And she's the one who taught me, you know, um, my real name is Kenny. She was like, you know, Kenny, there's no such thing as black and white. This is good and bad people. So her to be born in 1909, you know, from Baton Rouge, you know, uh, she's seen it all. Uh, but she instilled at me. But anyway, um, she was a massive fan of wrestling back then, right? Rocky Johnson. Uh, Pat Patterson, his uh, his partner and everything. And it was no talking while wrestling was on, while the wrestling was on, or the, uh, the uh, you know, um, one life to live and all that stuff was on. It was no talking or you got it beaten, right? But um, back then, wrestling was very different. I, I, I read stories about, you know, real, real fights backstage and real, real fights, you know, in the ring. So how how is your thought on on wrestling today? compared to what it was back in your time well you know it's um it, it's it's a very different world these days and uh we, we've got some pretty big name pro wrestling guests coming up in the next couple of few weeks so we can uh, we can dive more into that at that time but just uh briefly it's um it's a business these days and it's it's homogenized and it's uh it, it, it's a lot more cookie cutter there's a certain type of guy or girl that is being looked for by the big companies and they're all being brought up in very much the same way. So, you know, the, the, it's not to say there aren't tough guys in pro wrestling because there are. Sure. And some of the guys in 1909 or 1950, had they been wrestling them would have been top of the game and very, very, you know, very tough in that world, but it's not a sport anymore where men are really allowed to be men. It's more about let's, uh, let, let's manufacture a, a creation to elicit a certain result. And like I said, we'll we'll get more into that in uh, upcoming uh, upcoming weeks for sure. We're um we're already past our hour here, and what I want to do real quickly is because we we're about seven minutes past. Flex, it's been great having you on, man. I've been wanting to have you on from day one. You know that, 
Um, thank you. I probably talked about that uh, that one hour and you guys only seven minutes combined. So, but thank you. I apologize. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're a guest of honor. You're a guest of honor tonight. I, I would like to throw to um, to Don Fry and, and to Butterbean for a minute. Um, Don, uh, Bean, do you guys have any questions you want to ask of uh, anybody else in the group here tonight or just anything you want to throw out there at all? Go for it, please. Oh, wait. I want to talk about Bean's uh, pen. Show that pen one more time. Absolutely. Oh, the, the, the orange one for, I made for you, eh? Oh, man. Yeah. So badass. Oh, you made... Oh, no way. Well, that was for you, boss, since you said you like orange. Oh! <laughs> because orange is the color from the Netherlands. You and know? Your razor, your razor should be in your I house. He sent me a razor, too. Also, yeah. from, a, from a jawbone, right? From the yeah, alligator? Wow. Do it, people. Where, where can they find that? Uh, do you have a website for that? Just if they message me on Facebook or go to my Facebook page. Bean, are you on? Are you only on Facebook? Or are you on Instagram also? I'm on Instagram also. What's your Instagram? Uh, Eric Asher. I'm not. You sure. know what? I'll I'll text you afterwards and get it from you. Yeah, please do. I don't I don't get on there much because they didn't want to verify me for a long time so i just quit messing with it now that they verified me i'm i'm doing more on there okay and, and mr fry what about you do you have a instagram or facebook probably the predator or so what have. the predator fry don the predator fry on instagram copy that copy that do me a favor and, uh, you can be done and, and, and quick, yes quick, sir we'll do a plug don don fry and dan Severn have a weekly show What's the name oh, of the show to. again, please, Don? And, and consider, how do it done. It? consider it done. Consider it done. We'll exchange, uh, uh, Rick, if you can exchange our information and everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure make sure everyone's on the same uh, same thread. And, and, Don, real quickly, you and Dan Severn have a show every week. What's it called, and where can we uh, watch and listen to it? it? It's Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. And um, YouTube. it's on YouTube. Wow. wow. And sometimes we'll do a Q&A session. It's called um, Double D's in your face. Right. <laughs> hey, two penises in your face, right? I mean, that is so crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean something else? Yeah, yeah. Something else. <laughs> D, D, D. <laughs> We're driving on the road. Oh, sorry, Bean. Sorry, you go. I said today's my me and my wife's anniversary. We've married thirty-six years now. How long? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, thirty-seven years. Thirty-seven <laughs> years. Oh. Oh. I'm almost thirty years in February. How old are you, Bean? You, you, you guys knew each other since what age? Like, uh, whoa. We dated from the sixth grade on. Wow. How old are you again, Bean? Crazy, right? Fifty-five. <laughs> 55 and, yeah. and you mr ross me uh i was 92 february yeah. 92. 92 yeah you see i always tell this right because i was teaching i, I was uh, yeah teaching uh thai boxing classes and the owner of the gym said never ever get a, a relationship with one of the students because first of all it's not good the second of all it's always going to hurt you because if you break up you know you uh got to see him every day and then, but I broke that rule. Of course, I broke that rule. I broke it once, 
but now I spent my life. <laughs> so and and Don, how old are you? Uh, 56, sir. How about you? Wow, we're the same age. 1965. I'm 56. Me yeah. too. What? Okay. What? 1965, August. August, and you have been? 66. 66, you're the puppy. Yeah. Hey, August, August what, what? Mine's August 23rd. Okay, I'm the third. Mine's November. November what? 23rd. Oh, my daughter is 24th. Oh, yeah. And Rick, you're the grandfather here, right, of all of us. Yeah. My grandson I, just... I'm the old one, yes. November 20th, and I was just... Uh, just 60 a couple weeks ago. Yes. I was there. I was at your birthday party. Boss Rudin came to my birthday party. Thank you, Bob. I was invited to rush him up. It was awesome. You know what? I wasn't invited either. And, and, and it doesn't take anything for Boss to go over to Hawaii. You know, just, I mean, anything. It could be a hurricane and he's on his way over there, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It, was, it was in L.A., but nonetheless, it was very, very happy to see <laughs> yeah. you there. And we'll, we'll have a big one next year for all of us. But Flex, so, yeah, I got to say this as a fan this is always like such a privilege and a pleasure for me. I get to sit here and be on here with Butterbean and Don Fry and Boss Rutten and Flex Wheeler. Man, it's just like the coolest thing ever. So thank all you guys. Man. It's so so good to see you all. And uh, if anybody wants to sign off for us today, I just want to say I'm glad hey, we guys, have I, I do want to say one thing before we all go. I love, I love all of y'all, man. I mean, I don't tell, tell y'all enough, but love y'all, man. All of yeah. y'all. Yeah. I just want to say the same thing. I echo, I echo what Rick said. I, I, I watched you guys. Um, you know, you guys' sport is a lot bigger than ours. Our, your, your sport was on a big screen. It was all over TV and everything. And, you know, um, you know, from this little, you know, black kid from the ghetto um, and growing up and uh, as a teenager, as a young man, watching you guys, um, you know, it's, it's mythological. You know, I mean, there's, there's books and, you know, the, the Bible is written about men like you all day long of all your statutes. So, you know, I, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm not the type of guy, and I know I'm in a room uh, with gentlemen of like-minded. I'm not the type of guy to blow smoke up a person's dress. I don't, I don't need to make you uh, proud. I don't need to make you feel warm, warm and fuzzy or anything like that. But, you know, there's, there's very few men that I would, uh, that I, I look forward to meeting and shaking our hand. And I'm talking to three of them. And I hope, you know, one day that uh, we can all get together and, uh, and maybe even do this live, live, you know, in a serious way. Uh, well, maybe even start doing tours and answering questions and traveling around, but it truly be an honor. And I just want to say, you know, um, lastly, you know, thank you guys for your openness because it's not easy. You know, you want to talk about strength, uh, put yourself out there in the public and watch them try to rip you apart. That's pure strength when you can do that. So it's gentlemen like you guys who, who enable me to continue being, you know, whatever I am of being honest and being strong. So, you know, I truly appreciate it, you know, from the bottom of my heart, you know, from, the struggles that I have with, with, with suicidal and 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 uh, and low self-esteem and everything like that, you know, looking at gentlemen like you, you 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 enable me to uh, stand stronger. And I'll I'll end my part on, you know, Sir Isaac Newton said it best. Um, you know, um, if I've seen farther than others, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. So, everyone that I met who uh, ricocheted me in the right trajectory, uh, like you men, like uh, my martial arts instructor Ty McGuire. You guys were the giants that I'm able to stand on on my on their shoulders and, and be able to see sure. farther. So thank you very much. Dude, I love it. And you know what? The Bible talks about you also. There's a guy there in Hercules, but I don't know if he had a 32-inch 
Freaking leg. Uh, with, tw- with 20 with 26 and a half inch uh waist. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Jeez. So good to see you all. Boss Rutten, you wanna you wanna take us out for the week? Oh, you know, everybody, Godspeed party on Buena Suerte y Disfrute de las Fiesta. That's what I always say, because it's important that everybody stays happy. You know, and forget about the hate and the person, even if it's a political opponent of the front, we all want the same. We want the best for this country. Only you have been lied to. We have been lied to. Nobody knows what really is the truth. Let's come together and let's just fix it. Like if I hear that people are kicking their family members out because of politics or their friends out, it's the dumbest thing ever. Let's forget emotions. Let's just love each other and have a good love time. It. And this comes from a fighter who loves to hurt people. If you're a bad guy, I will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> if you're a good person, I will be totally okay. So don't worry. I'm not. Uh, I didn't change the thing. Bad people, though. Good to go. Love hey, Flex. Boss. Yes, sir. One of you podcast here soon, would you? Yes, I, it would be an honor. Um, it'd be an honor. Um, Rick's going to get you all my information. Um, Don, anything uh, you need, it would be truly an honor uh, to be on your podcast, sir. All right, Bean and Rick, one uh, well, no, need all that information for you hippies too. <laughs> I will give it to him. I will give okay. all you guys information. Copy that. Copy that. Thanks, guys. Good That's to see you all. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.